1: away we go. Episode 472 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, December 27th, 2022. This Sunday, the commanders are honoring the hogs. uh, And on Monday, we learned (laughs) that the hogs are threatening to sue the commanders. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Only with our team. Only with our team. Uh, Not only is the most prestigious group of players in team history now threatening to sue the team, but this comes as the team is set to honor those players. You cannot make this stuff up. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I hope that you have not had a flight with Southwest Airlines over the last few days. And I also hope that you had a nice Christmas. Hopefully you had a more peaceful Christmas than the Goldies had. Uh, I got to watch my five-year-old son and two-year-old daughter brawl over who got to open presents. She wanted to open and play with all of his presents. Would not take no for an answer. You can imagine the drama. More drama than a potential Hogs lawsuit of the commanders. Although I have to tell you, there's a big part of me that admired that from her, you know? there are a determination and a tenacity and an advocating for herself that should serve her well later in life, but for now, probably not ideal. Uh, You know the Christmas time saying peace on earth? There was no peace where we were on Christmas morning, but that's okay. We're still here. Good to be with you. Uh, No, thank you to the Miami Dolphins for losing at home to the Green Bay Packers 26-20 on Christmas Day. That did not help our commanders in their playoff push. The pack is a factor in the NFC playoff picture, but so too are the commanders who, despite going winless in December, remain in possession of the NFC's number seven seed and thus the conference's third and final wildcard spot. Next segment, the commanders quarterback, Situation. Uh, Nothing is official, but it sure seems as if head coach Ron Rivera is going back to Carson Wentz as the team starting quarterback off benching Taylor Heineke in favor of Commander Carson in the fourth quarter of the uh, 37-20 loss at the San Francisco 49ers on Saturday. I will present to you the argument for Carson, the case for Carson, Uh, what head coach Ron Rivera may well be thinking in terms of going with Carson. Uh, I'll also get into the harsh reality for the Commanders at quarterback this season. Also on the show, more on the Commanders' loss at the 49ers, including something that makes the season debut of edge defender Chase Young look even better. I also have some uh, notable playing time observations for you. Uh, and yeah, I will address this potential lawsuit for the Hogs against the Commanders. Uh not all of the hogs. Uh, actually not most of the hogs, just a few of the hogs. But this is an ugly situation. This also is a telling situation. I uh, shall explain. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Algaldi Podcast at Yahoo dot com. Email from Justin on the Commander's Loss. At the 49ers, writes Justin, I write to you this Christmas morning after my kids finished opening gifts. My wife got me a nice Commander's Salute to Service shirt, by the way. Uh, anyway, about Saturday's game, all things considered, I think that the team overall played a really good game. The game felt a lot closer than the final score would indicate. Every unit showed flashes of greatness. We're close, I think. The offensive line needs to be a serious draft-slash-free agent priority this offseason. Taylor and Carson had little to no time with this line facing that defense. I think it's very clear that Wentz needs to be the guy going forward for the rest of the season, especially if we have playoff aspirations. Taylor is a great story, a great guy, and ultimately a great backup quarterback. Wentz may very well be headed to that designation as well. As far as the offseason, I think that Wentz needs to stay... Taylor needs to go. Howell needs to be QB2. Draft offensive lineman. Al, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Keep up the great work. Hail to the Mandos. Uh, Thank you for that, Justin. You know, as dramatic as this may sound... I do believe that Carson Wentz's future with the Commanders is tied to their final two regular season games. And I know that that may sound a little ridiculous, right? A quarterback's future with a team is tied to a mere two-game run. But, you know, assuming that Carson starts both of the Commanders' remaining regular season games, I think that if he plays well over those two games and the Commanders win those games and thus make the playoffs, there's a decent chance, if not a good chance, that he'll be back with the Commanders next season. Uh, Conversely, if Carson struggles over these two games and the Commanders end up not making the playoffs, then I think that there's a good chance that Carson will get cut this offseason. Uh, I think that there remains a path by which Carson Wentz will be back with the Commanders for next season. And by the way, I think that that path should remain because even if the Commanders keep Carson that should not preclude them from taking a quarterback in the 2023 NFL draft if they really like a quarterback available to them in the draft. And keeping Carson, obviously keeping Sam Howell, and drafting a quarterback uh, would mean that Taylor Heineke is gone. But let's see what happens over these last two regular season games for the team. Ultimately, what the Commanders need is a quarterback better than both Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, because neither guy is a franchise quarterback, not as things stand right now. But in the meantime, that doesn't mean that you have to get rid of both of those guys. Email from Gene in Manassas, Virginia, on the Commanders offensive line, writes Gene, we need help On the offensive line, more than anything. Eric Flowers did a good job for us last year. He is still available. Why don't we sign him? Thank you for the email, Gene. Uh, As I talked about on our oh so special Christmas Sunday show, episode 471, the offensive line is the thing. The complete collapse of Washington's offensive line from a pass protection standpoint has been the commander's number one problem this season. The Eric Flowers situation is strange. So the commanders this past March 16th, hours before the start of the NFL's new league year at 4 p.m. Eastern, released left guard Eric Flowers. Flowers in the 2021 regular season played in and started 16 of Washington's 17 games. He For the 2021 regular season, it was number six among all qualified guards in the NFL in ESPN's pass block win rate at 90. You think about all of the commanders' pass protection problems this season. Eric Flowers for the 2021 regular season, number six among all qualified guards in the NFL in ESPN's pass block win rate. He was very good for Washington last season, but the commanders released him on March 16th. And very interestingly, he remains an unrestricted free agent. No NFL team has signed Eric Flowers since the Commanders released him on March 16th. It's not like he's old. This season would be just Flowers' age 28 season. It's not like he has been injury prone. Uh, Flowers, over his seven NFL seasons, 2015 through 2021, has played in 105. 105. Of a possible 113 regular season games, and three of the missed games had to do with him going from the New York Giants to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2018. But Eric Flowers remains unsigned. And so you have to wonder if there's something that the commanders and the rest of the NFL know about Eric Flowers that we don't. And I don't know that there is, and I'm not trying to be cryptic, but come on. I mean, he had a good 2021 season. He is young, he is durable, and yet he remains unsigned. That doesn't add up. Uh, There would seem to be more to the Eric Flowers situation than we know. Well, something that we do know is that if you've been thinking about getting a new home in the Washington, D.C. area, the current market offers great opportunity. Uh, Yes, mortgage rates have gone up, but that has led to an increase in housing inventory, and that increase is driving down prices. You right now can get really good homes in the Washington, D.C. area at bargain prices. And remember, you can always refinance once the mortgage rates come back down, and they will. And so if you or someone who you know is interested in buying a home in the Washington, D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkel.com. That's CloseItWithKell, lcom Book a call with Kellen Hunt, To discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the D.C. area. He is a D.M.V. native. He lives and breathes the culture. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington D.C. area unique. And Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want and then get you what you want. No matter your age, family situation, or financial situation, Kellen Hunt can help you. He is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Who doesn't want some extra money right now? Give it inflation. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. So visit CloseItWithKell.com. See what Kellen Hunt can do for you by booking an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at CloseItWithKell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit CloseItWithKell.com and tell Kell that Al Goldie sent ya. Well, if you have ever seen the movie Rambo, First Blood... There's a scene in the movie in which the main character, John Rambo, not Pacari Rambo, uh, John Rambo, uh, played by Sylvester Stallone, is hanging from a cliff while being shot at. And he has to choose between hanging onto the cliff while being shot at or falling from the cliff and taking his chances, crashing into a bunch of trees. And he chooses the latter and he does end up surviving. But the point is that neither choice is ideal. Well, right now, Commander's head coach Ron Rivera is John Rambo. Our guy Don Ron is Rambo. And continuing to hold on to the cliff while being shot at is sticking with Taylor Heineke as the commander's starting quarterback. And falling from the cliff and crashing into the trees is going back to Carson Wentz as the team's starting quarterback. Neither choice is ideal. Uh, I do believe that the collapse of the commander's offensive line from a pass protection standpoint is the commander's number one problem this season. But make no mistake, quarterback also has been a problem. And while both Taylor and Carson are capable of playing well and have played well at times this season, the truth is that each guy's overall body of work this season isn't good. Uh, Through games on Sunday, there were 33 quarterbacks who qualified for the NFL leaderboard for ESPN's total QBR for this 2022 regular season. QBR is on a scale of 0 to 100. Taylor Heineke was 25th with a total QBR of 44.9. Carson Wentz was 31st with a total QBR of 32.7. A friend of the Al Galdi podcast, Tej Seth, co-host of the Take the Points podcast, the football analytics podcast, He, on Monday morning, put out a graph of NFL quarterbacks' EPAs per pass, expected points added per pass on plays on which those quarterbacks' teams were expected to pass. In this 2022 regular season, the EPA data is per NFL FAST-R. The graph ranked 34 quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke was 33rd. Carson Wentz was 29th. Uh, pro Football Focus. It grades players on a scale of 0 to 100. An average grade is one between 60 and 70. Uh, anything below 60 is below average. For this 2022 regular season, Taylor Heineke's overall grade per PFF is 49.8. Carson Wentz's overall grade per PFF is 63.2. And on and on, I could go with the stats and the rankings, but you get the idea. The sobering, stiff reality of this 2022 season for the Commanders is that the team for a fifth consecutive season is getting mediocre to poor quarterback play. Since Kirk Cousins left the Redskins as an unrestricted free agent in March 2018, Washington has had five consecutive seasons of mediocre to poor quarterback play. 2018 through 2022, half of a decade. And every offseason now, we talk about how Washington can get better at quarterback, and yet every season, we end up having the conversation of, yeah, once again, Washington is in the midst of mediocre to poor quarterback play. The number one commander's topic this coming offseason from a football standpoint will be quarterback, and this will be the case for a fifth consecutive Washington offseason. The number one commander's topic this coming offseason overall will be the ownership situation, but the number one commander's topic this coming offseason from a football standpoint will be quarterback. But here's the thing. We're not at the offseason yet. The offseason can wait because the commanders remain in the midst of a playoff push. And believe it or not, the commanders actually can clinch a playoff spot this Sunday. The Commanders are seven, seven, and one, and in possession of the NFC's number seven seed and third and final wild card spot. We this Sunday afternoon have the Commanders home to the Cleveland Browns at one, the Detroit Lions home to the Chicago Bears at one, the Seattle Seahawks home to the New York Jets at four oh five, and the Green Bay Packers home to the Minnesota Vikings at four twenty five. If this Sunday the Commanders win and the Lions, Seahawks, and Packers all lose, the Commanders clinch a playoff spot. Uh, Also, if the commanders simply win their final two regular season games, the commanders clinch a playoff spot. So when it comes to quarterback, the bigger picture quarterback conversation for the commanders right now isn't the issue. The quarterback issue for the commanders right now is what kind of quarterback play are they going to get over the final two regular season games? Uh, Ron Rivera has not formally spoken with reporters since his postgame press conference on Saturday night following the 37-20 loss at the San Francisco 49ers, a game in which Ron, in the fourth quarter, benched Taylor Heineke in favor of Carson Wentz. It was as obvious as could be... that Ron was looking to bench Taylor for Carson. Uh, Ron got the opening to bench Taylor via his two fourth-quarter turnovers, and Ron did the deed. He pulled Taylor for Carson. Now, Taylor Heineke was not the commander's biggest problem on Saturday. Taylor, during his time in the game, went 13-of-18 for 166 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 9.22 yards per pass attempt against an elite defense. The 49ers for the 2022 regular season through Week 15 were number five in the NFL in past defense for Football Outsiders DVOA metric. But Taylor, during his time in the game, also committed the two turnovers, an early fourth-quarter loss fumble on a sack strip and a fourth-quarter interception. You know, Taylor now has five fumbles, including four loss fumbles on sack strips over the Commander's last three games. The Commander's offensive line is not changing. The pass protection has been a massive weakness this season. That's not going to magically change over the team's final two regular season games. The idea has been that, hey, given these pass protection problems, Taylor's mobility made him better suited to be the commander starting quarterback as compared to Carson Wentz. But here we have Taylor now having five fumbles, including four lost fumbles on sack strips over the commander's last three games. If Carson Wentz had five fumbles, including four lost fumbles on sack strips over a three-game stretch, people would be crushing him. Well, Taylor has that. And, you know, you could say, well, Carson would have more than that had Carson been the commander's starting quarterback the last three games, and that may well be true. The pass protection is bad. Carson's and Taylor's struggles this season aren't all on Carson and Taylor, but That doesn't matter right now. What matters right now is which quarterback gives the Commanders the best chance to win their remaining two regular season games. Carson on Saturday looked good in his time in the game. He went 12-16 for 123 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions, and took no sacks. Now, a good chunk of his work did come in garbage time. That absolutely has to be factored into the evaluation. But considering that this was Carson's first game since suffering a fractured ring finger on his right hand in the win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football on October 13th. I thought that Carson looked pretty good. His touchdown pass was impressive. Fourth quarter, third and 10, 20-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Curtis Samuel. Carson capably handled one of about 4,000 low snaps from center-west Schweitzer in the game and threw a perfect pass to Curtis on a route toward the front left corner of the end zone. It would be shocking if Ron Rivera doesn't name Carson Wentz as the commander's starting quarterback for this Sunday afternoon against the Browns. It's basically pointless, or at least it feels pointless, to have the conversation of what will Ron do at quarterback. I think that we all know what Ron is going to do at quarterback. He's going to go with Carson Wentz as the commander starting quarterback. And look, it's quite possible that Carson against the Browns doesn't play well. Heck, maybe Carson against the Browns gets benched in favor of Taylor Heineke. Who knows? But there is an upside that Carson possesses that Taylor does not. Carson is more physically gifted than Taylor is. And Carson's best games this season have been better than Taylor's best games this season. Week one, the 28 22 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars at FedEx Field. Carson went 27 of 41 for 313 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. He took just one sack. He quarterbacked a commander's offense that went 7 of 10 on third downs. And he quarterbacked a game winning. 13-play, 90-yard touchdown drive that resulted in his third-and-eight, 24-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Jahan Dodson with 1 minute 46 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Carson became the first Washington quarterback to have at least four touchdown passes and to throw for at least 300 yards in a game since Kirk Cousins in December 2015. Uh, Week two, the 36-27 loss at the Detroit Lions. Uh, Carson had a horrendous first half, but he, in a second half, That the Commanders won 27-14, went 21-29 of for 278 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception, and took just one sack. And he had two key scrambles for 23 yards. Uh, He quarterbacked a Commanders offense that, in that second half, went 5-7 on third downs. Uh, Week 5, the 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field. Uh, Carson threw a red zone interception on the next-to-last snap of the game. That was a killer, no doubt, and that should not be forgotten. But he also, in the game, went 25-38 of for 359 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 9.45 yards per pass attempt. He, per pro football focus, had five big-time throws. I'm not saying all of this to make the case that Carson was great in his first go-round as the commander's starting quarterback. Uh, He wasn't great. He wasn't good. I'm saying all of this to say that there is an upside with Carson that is pretty good. And if the commanders over their final two regular season games can harness that upside, can have Carson achieve that upside, then that could go a long way toward the commanders winning these two games. There's also this too, the commanders running game In this 2022 regular season, the commanders running game over Carson six starts was bad. The commanders running game over Taylor Heineke's nine starts has been pretty good, although the running game and the loss at the 49ers was horrendous. But the plan with Carson as the commander starting quarterback to me still would be this formula that the team has been employing with Taylor emphasize the running game, set up manageable third downs win the time of possession battle. And actually, this is not unlike the formula that the Indianapolis Colts employed with Carson last season when running back Jonathan Taylor had his monster 2021 season. And Carson overall had a good 2021 season with the Colts. The season did not end well. Okay, he played poorly over the Colts' final two games, but he, over the course of the season, played well. Carson, for the 2021 regular season, it was number nine among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in total QBR. Uh, Carson for the 2021 regular season. It was number one among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in DVOA on pass attempts of at least 20 air yards. Ron Rivera is John Rambo, okay? He is hanging from the cliff while being shot at, and he's going to either continue to hang on to the cliff while being shot at, or he's going to let go and take his chances with crashing into the trees. Neither option is ideal. But uh, these are the viable options that our guy Ron, that Rambo Ron has for now. Next season, hopefully, uh, will be a much different conversation. Up next, I'm talking commander's defense off the loss at the 49ers, including a terrific stat regarding edge defender Chase Young. Could it be, might it be, that all of the critics of Chase's recovery owe Chase and the commanders an apology? All right. Let's get into some non-quarterback stuff with the Commanders from their 37-20 loss at the San Francisco 49ers on Saturday. Uh, now, I say non-quarterback stuff. That does not mean that none of it is a quarterback related. Uh, the Commanders offensive line, it is a problem it has been a problem for way too much of this season. Consider the following. The commander's starting offensive line on Saturday was Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle, Andrew Norwell at left guard, Wes Schweitzer at center, Trey Turner at right guard, and Cornelius Lucas at right tackle. Leno Schweitzer and Norwell each played on 100% of the commander's offensive snaps, but the commanders went back to rotating Cornelius Lucas and Samuel Cosme At right tackle. And we also had Cosme playing some at right guard for Trey Turner. Uh, Lucas started and played on 60% of the commander's offensive snaps. Cosme played on 53% of the commander's offensive snaps. Turner played on 86% of the commander's offensive snaps. As far as we know, Trey Turner did not get hurt on Saturday. The commanders made no such announcement. So, assuming that he did not get hurt, we on Saturday had a rotation at right tackle. And the starting right guard not playing the entire game, presumably due to performance. Uh, That's not normal, okay? That's not the way that things are supposed to work for an offensive line. Uh, Something that was good for the Commanders in their loss at the 49ers on Saturday was the season debut of edge defender Chase Young. He made his 2022 season debut. He played a lot given pregame expectations. And he looked very good. Uh, Chase played on 30 of the commander's defensive snaps, which was a lot more than the 12 to 16 defensive snaps that he had been expected to play. And how about this? Chase Young for the game was the highest graded commander's player for pro football focus as he registered an overall grade of 87.4. PFF grades are on a scale of zero to 100. I mean, not bad, right? His first game in more than 13 months, his first game since suffering a torn right knee in a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field on November 14th, 2021, and he for the game was the highest graded Commanders player for Pro Football Focus. This is only one game, so I don't want to go too crazy with it, but as lengthy and concerning as the Chase Young recovery was, it may well be that he and the team handled the recovery just right. For all of the conversation about what was going on with his recovery and whether there was more to what was going on than we were being told. And look, I myself on this podcast partook in that conversation, although I was always careful not to just crush Chase or the team because I conceded that we did not have all of the information. What you have to be open to now is that Chase Young and the commanders handled his recovery just right that this long ultra conservative approach ended up being the right one we'll see but it was great to see him look as good as he looked and you could tell in listening to head coach Ron Rivera during his post game press conference on Saturday night that he was excited by what he saw from Chase a few other thoughts on the commanders defense of what went down in the loss at the 49ers, we had yet another game in which Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne had sky-high snap counts. John and Deron each played on 96% of the commander's defensive snaps. I cannot emphasize this enough. It's not just that John and Duran are having great seasons. It's that John and Duran are having great seasons while playing a lot by the standards of snap counts for interior Defensive lineman, and I know that you know neither John nor Duran necessarily had his best game on Saturday, but still, John and Duran overall are having outstanding seasons, and each guy is playing a ton in this 2022 regular season. John Allen has played on 85.33 percent of the Commanders' defensive snaps, and Duran Payne has played on 86.96 percent of the Commanders' defensive snaps. Uh, A guy who the Commanders miss big time. On Saturday, was safety Cameron Curl. Uh, He was inactive due to an ankle injury. The idea was that he would be replaced by committee. Uh, Well, safety Jeremy Reeves ended up playing a lot. In fact, he played more than safety slash nickel corner. Bobby McCain played. Uh, Reeves played on 85% of the commanders' defensive snaps. He for the game totaled 44 defensive snaps off coming into the game, having totaled just 25 defensive snaps for the entire 2022 regular season and Reeves for the game was the second highest graded Commanders player for pro football focus. His overall grade was 77. Uh, Bobby McCain on Saturday played on 65% of the Commanders defensive snap safety. Percy Butler played on 12% of the Commanders defensive snaps and corner Benjamin St. Juice returned from a three-game absence caused by right ankle injury that he suffered in the win at the Houston Texans in Week 11. He, in the first quarter on Saturday, left the game due to an ankle injury, presumably the same from which he was returning. But he ultimately came back into the game, played on 85% of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, Also, we had a shift at linebacker for the commanders in this loss at the 49ers. So Cole Holcomb has been on the reserve injured list since November 25th due to a foot injury that had caused him to be inactive for each of the commander's previous four games. We, on December 5th, learned that Cole had undergone foot surgery and was done for the season. And so with Cole Holcomb out, Jamin Davis has been playing a ton. Uh, Jamin on Saturday played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps, seventh time in eight games that Jamin has played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, The linebacker who had been serving as the commander's number two linebacker with Cole Holcomb out and Jamin Davis having become the team's number one linebacker had been John Bostic, Uh, but Bostic on Saturday did not play on any of the commander's defensive snaps. He suffered a pec injury. Uh, Bostic had played on at least 47% of the commander's defensive snaps in each of the team's previous six games. Instead, we saw a lot of David Mayo on Saturday. Uh, He played on 88% of the commander's defensive snaps. He put the game totaled 46 defensive snaps. He came into the game having totaled just 49 defensive snaps for the entire 2022 regular season. So we have the 7-7-1 Commanders playing the 6-9 Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. This is the Hogs game. This also is the mascot game. The Commanders this past June six announced their game day plans for this season. Among those plans were that the team at this game against the Browns at FedEx Field on New Year's Day will recognize the Hogs and unveil a new mascot. It has been hard to ignore that coincidence, and so a lot of people, myself included, have presumed that the new mascot is going to be a hog-themed mascot. Well, now we have this: At least a portion of the hogs are angry, so angry that the hogs are contemplating suing the commanders. An entity known as Oline Entertainment LLC has been formed, yes. O-Line Entertainment LLC. O-Line Entertainment LLC includes the greatest running back in Redskins history, John Riggins, former Redskins offensive lineman Joe Jacoby, Mark May, and Fred Dean, and former Redskins tight end, Rick Doc Walker. Hey, wait a minute. I know that guy. <laughs> O-Line Entertainment LLC has lawyered up, and we on Monday afternoon got a press release Uh, The release read in part, quote, Dan Snyder and the Washington commanders are trying to profit off the original Hogs legacy by taking that trademark and associated goodwill and brand equity of the original Hogs. The commanders are using the original Hogs brand for commercial purposes with no compensation to the men whose blood and sweat equity built the original Hogs brand 40 years ago, end quote. Uh, The word no in the phrase no compensation is in all caps. And so, yeah, it is quite clear that this situation is primarily about what a lot of things in life are about, money. As then Redskins head coach, Jay Gruden, said about the contractual situation of then-Skins quarterback Kirk Cousins in January 2018.
0: I think it's all about probably all about the money, I guess.
1: <laughs> exactly, Jay. Probably all about the money, I guess. Yes, Jay, you guess right. Uh, now, look, Doc Walker is a friend, okay? I love the guy. I worked with him for years. I have had him on this podcast. I have been on his podcast. I want nothing but the best for my guy, the DOC. Uh, also, I have had a good relationship with John Riggins, with El Riggo, Uh, I, for the 2018 season, did the official Redskins pregame show on the Washington Redskins radio network with John. He could not have been nicer. He could not have been easier to work with. But I know this about Doc and John. Uh, They are businessmen. They understand their value. They expect to be compensated for their value. And I don't say that as an insult, okay? I think that's a good thing. You and life should know your value. Uh, I also have heard that Mark May is like this. And so, yes, this situation is about money. There's not a doubt in my mind about this. I think it's all about probably all about the money, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Now, look, the situation may not entirely be about money. I think that there may be some other things involved in this. Uh, I think that a good number of former Redskins players Especially players from the championship years, you know, the glory days of Joe Gibbs, you know, 1980s, early 1990s. I think those guys look at commanders and feel a real detachment from that. I think those guys look at something like the retiring of safety Sean Taylor's number and, you know, (laughs) this installation of Sean Taylor and say, how come the team has bent over backwards to honor Sean? but hasn't done anything close to that for a number of other guys who led to actual championship success for the franchise. But, you know, specific to this potential lawsuit, there would seem to be a few problems with it. One is that O-Line Entertainment LLC does not have a trademark on Hogs. Uh, A trademark request for Hogs has been filed, but the request still has not been approved. Uh, Another problem is that the press release that came out on Monday afternoon states, quote, the newly created Washington Commanders are a different franchise with a completely different team name that we believe has no legal claim to the original Hogs legacy and brand created 40 years ago. End quote. Uh, So, no, the Commanders are not a new franchise. The Commanders are the same franchise as the Redskins, with a new name. That's not a new franchise. And there's no disputing this, okay? Like, the idea that the Commanders are an expansion franchise, uh, the Commanders may feel like an expansion franchise to some people, but the Commanders are not an expansion franchise. And again, there's no disputing this. When a person changes his or her name, the person is still the same person, okay? You do not have a new person. The person is the same. The franchise is the same. The Commanders are the Redskins with a new name. So if the idea of the Commanders being, quote, a different franchise with a completely different team name, end quote, is a key piece of the argument of O-Line Entertainment LLC, I mean, that would seem to be a faulty argument. Uh, The press release that came out on Monday afternoon also includes this, quote, on January 1st, the Commanders are going forward with a celebration of the Hogs. The original Hogs have tried to amicably resolve this dispute for many months now, but to no avail with the commanders before the January 1st event. Without substantial control and compensation, the original Hogs do not want to be associated with the commanders under its current ownership and management and require that their legacy and brand is protected End quote. So how about that? The original Hogs do not want to be associated with the Commanders under its current ownership and management. Current ownership and management. Uh, That pretty clearly is a shot at co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder, uh, team president Jason Wright, and maybe even head coach Ron Rivera. Uh, The Commanders on Monday afternoon came out with a statement, quote, we are planning a celebration of the greatest offensive line ever to play the game. The Hogs are a key part of our franchise's history, and we want to keep their legacy alive with the next generation of fans. We have been working with the Hogs on this event for six months and look forward to welcoming them and Coach Gibbs back, end quote. So that's interesting. Joe Gibbs is expected to be at FedEx Field on Sunday. Uh, also, on Monday afternoon, was this by a tweet from Commanders Insider J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington. Quote Source tells me celebration still going and nearly 20 alumni coming to FedEx. Jacoby and Riggins not expected to attend. Source also made clear Commanders won't impede on Hogs trademark or financially capitalize on Hogs. End quote. It's a shame that something that was supposed to be a nice thing now has become ugly and I guess you know nobody is surprised by anything anymore with our football team but you know you think about this the hogs are the greatest group of offensive linemen in NFL history okay what is going down this Sunday was supposed to be an honoring of the hogs and instead now the entire deal is being marred uh, by this dispute between some of the hogs uh, and the team now you know it's worth Keeping this in mind, a number of offensive linemen made up the Hogs over the years. I do think that it's telling that more of the Hogs were not named in this press release that came out on Monday afternoon. Like, it's hard to ignore the many Hogs who were not listed as being part of O-Line Entertainment LLC. There is no, say, Jeff Bostic. There is no George Stark. There is no Jim Lachey. There is no Raleigh McKenzie, etc., uh, No defender of the Danny, am I. And I want nothing but the best for my guy, the DOC, Doc Walker. But I'm not sure that this potential lawsuit of O-Line Entertainment LLC is a strong one. Uh, I would, though, also say this. You know, the merit of the potential lawsuit is one thing. The feeling behind the potential lawsuit is another we have seen this team butcher so many things with its alumni in recent years. What is going on between the team and its former players to where so many things have been gotten so wrong? And now, in this instance, we have tension that has escalated to where we got what we got in this press release that came out on Monday afternoon. Like, exactly how broken are things between the team? And its former players. Uh, Yes, O-Line Entertainment LLC is looking for money. Of that, there is no doubt. But also, yes, this potential lawsuit is another instance of things between the team and its former players being in a bad place. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at AlGaldi. You can email me the AlGaldi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show episode four hundred seventy three will feature a special guest to talk Commanders, the radio voice of the Commanders, Bram Weinstein. Uh, I have known Bram for years. Worked with him for years at nine eighty. You know, Bram actually owns his own podcast company, Empire Media. And Bram gave me a lot of advice. He was very good to me uh, when I started this podcast nearly two years ago. So I'll always appreciate that. Uh, Looking forward to catching up with Bram on Wednesday's show and talking commanders with Bram on Wednesday's show. Uh, Also on Wednesday's show, I'll talk Capitals and Wizards. The Caps are at the New York Rangers Tuesday night at 7. The Wiz are home to the Philadelphia 76ers Tuesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. I think it's all about, probably all about the money, I guess.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.